We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Luke chapter 22, and we're going to read verses 31 and 32, praise God. And I want you to pay close attention. Pastor said, I'm an educator. I've been a teacher for over 15 years. And when I read scripture, I look at the verbs, I look at the plural and at the singular form of the verb. I look at verbs in multiple languages to see what they mean. What did he mean? Jesus, when he spoke them. And the verses that we're going to read, Jesus is speaking, church, to, to the disciples then and to us today. Amen? Luke 22, verse 31 and 32 says, to the glory of the Father, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked. I love that. You have to ask. Satan has asked to sift all of you. He's speaking to Simon in the singular sense of the verb, but he's now referencing the plural form. All of you to sift. All of you as wheat. This is the part that I love. But I, this is Jesus speaking, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when, not if, and when you have turned back, because you will, strengthen your brothers. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, your word is blessed. And Father, I pray right now that the person that doesn't know you, Lord, first and foremost, that today may be the day, Lord, that they come into total repentance. For the rest of us, Lord, speak to us, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. You may be seated. I love the Lord, how he references scripture, hallelujah, as the author and finisher of our faith. When the Lord refers to Peter in the plural sense of the verb, sift all of you. Here the Lord was indicating to his disciples church and he's indicating to us this morning that as a whole we will battle and we will battle furious assaults from hell, from the enemy as well. And this morning, hallelujah, we will see how the believers are also with ferociously attacks against your life and against mine. Hallelujah. It's funny how the Lord, you know, the rabbi, my Jesus, he was a teacher. Hallelujah. Do I have any teachers here this morning? Elementary, praise the Lord. High school, middle school. Amen. It is a challenging, challenging discipline. Hallelujah. But it is such a rewarding one because we as teachers have the opportunity, hallelujah, to see and to instill not only the academics, even if we teach in public schools, but you can pray over your classroom before you, your students walk in. You pray over those chairs. You anoint them in Jesus' name so that when that little one, because that might be his only safe haven with you for the six hours, that God may start to do something in that child. Hallelujah. That's always been my prayer as a teacher. But I love how the master speaks in parables. And as teachers, sometimes we have to do that as well with our children. Because not everyone understands at the same level. What I love about Jesus, hallelujah, and his sweetness is that he explains in such a gentle way so that everyone could understand. And here the Lord does the analogy, hallelujah, of separating the wheat from the shaft. And I think, Lord, the process of separating the wheat from the shaft in biblical times was a very violent one. Nowadays, it's super easy. You grab the John Deere and here we go. 
In Falcon, North Carolina, hallelujah, where Royal Home Ministries is, you, for as far as the eye can see, it's farmland. And you see John Deere's and cotton and weed and tobacco. That's all you see. Their job is very strenuous. We see them roll in about four in the morning and they don't leave to very late at night because a farmer's job is very intense. And in biblical times, the farmer had to manually separate the chaff from the wheat. And it was a very violent process. The shafts would have to be bent and they would have to be beaten and they would have to be shaken and shaken and shaken until it was dislodged. And I thought, Lord, look what you're telling Peter. You're telling Peter that the enemy has asked to do that. And today I tell you, church, that violently the enemy is shaking, the enemy is sifting, the enemy is attempting to dislodge and he is succeeding What is he succeeding? In the United States of America last year, in this country, the land of the free, the home of the brave, we had 926,000 abortions in America. Since, Since 1973, 56 million abortions, hallelujah, in this country. There's an increase of 3%. So with violence and fury, the enemy is sifting. He is shaking and he is dislodging innocent babies from their mother's womb. And the church. And the church. We stand and we watch and we look. Do we cry? Do we pray? Does it hurt To bring us to our knees and say, Lord, help us to stop the innocent killings, which is by far nothing new since the beginning of time. Remember Moses, the Pharaoh, his attempt was to kill, if you read Exodus 2, kill him. But there was someone that stood in the gap, you see. The midwives in Pharaoh's days said, no, we will not. And babies were saved. Then remember in the New Testament, King Herod, what was he doing? Kill him! He was seeking to kill everyone two years of age and younger. But there was one man that woke up in the middle of the night. When the angel said, Joseph, wake up and take the baby and his mother. He heard and he did. I pray the Lord wakes you up in the middle of the night. I pray the Lord wakes me up in the middle of the night and says, wake up! Go and take the baby. Go and help Royal Home. Go and pray for a little girl that's confused, that's hurting. Our job as a church is not to ask, how did it occur? Why did it occur? When did it occur? Our job is to pray for that little girl that's confused. And before she goes into an abortion clinic, she can have an intervention by the person that was a, woke up in the middle of the night and prayed. I pray that's you. I pray the Lord wakes you up. I pray the Lord wakes me up. It doesn't matter if we know them and if we don't know them. You know what's interesting about the midwives in Exodus 2? And I challenge you to go home and read this. Did they know the destiny of every baby that they saved? They did not. The Bible says because they feared God, they did not do what the Pharaoh had asked of them. They did not know the circumstances behind every pregnancy. That is not our job to know. Our job is to pray. Our job is to pray. Our job is to intercede and ask God, Lord, have mercy. 
the young ladies that I minister to at Royal Home Ministries, you may not ever know them. And that's okay. Because as you see me here today, I am challenging you today as a church. So now you are accountable to the Lord for them to pray. Royal Home Ministry serves serves as a safe haven for young ladies that are in teenage crisis pregnancy and or those that have already had their babies and they want to keep their babies but have nowhere to go but the lord through the international pentecostal holiness church has said here i am lord send them to me and in a campus that spans over 300 acres, my girls have a place to live, a fully accredited school to get an education, a life skills program that's teaching them how to be wonderful mothers, how to be wonderful stewards of their money as they're growing and they're working and they're being educated. And we're raising up Timothys at Royal Home Ministries. We're raising up a new generation that will not be cursed because you pray, I work, the Lord moves, and generational curses, hallelujah, are being broken in Jesus' name. And there you can give them a praise. This morning I don't come here to glorify the enemy in terms of telling you how he is sifting and how he is separating and how he is destroying. But I do want to make you knowledgeable of the enemy that's on the prowl. And when I look at Peter... Amen. In scripture here, the Lord is telling this to Peter. But brothers and sisters this morning, if you read 1 Peter 5, 8, you're going to know that the Peter that the Lord was speaking to in Luke is not the same. He's the same man, but he's not the same mentally. Because now Peter in 1 5, 8 says, be alert. Because now he knows. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. And I went, hallelujah, and I googled the word devour, and I studied the word devour, and I'd like to read you the definition. So when you leave this morning, you can see the heinousness of the enemy, hallelujah. The word devour in the Greek, katechio, and it means to eat all the way down, leaving nothing behind, furiously consuming all the way down, hallelujah, without hope of recovery or even the remains. See, church, you can't have a little bit of an abortion, just like you can't be a little bit pregnant. Once a woman goes into an abortion clinic and it is removed completely, it is forever gone, it has been devoured, it is no more. I went and I also Googled National Geographics and I saw a YouTube clip because I wanted to see how the enemy hunts. How is it that the lion really hunts? Because we're making this analogy. And I saw how the lions in a pack were looking at the antelopes as they were running in the Sahara. And as they strategically maneuvered, everyone got into place. And then they pounced on the antelope. And I saw that as they pinned the antelope, they began to eat her from the side. Her rib cage was destroyed. And they ate her from the Outside, inward. And you can hear the animal shrieking in pain. And it didn't move the lion. He didn't say, oh, is it hurting and am I hurting you? He continued to eat and to devour and to devour until there was no more. Nothing left of the existence of the animal. The enemy wastes no time on his prey. 
He wastes no time on his prey. His effects of sifting are felt on us, the church, today. We feel it in our children, their rebellion, the defiance, and they stray from the Lord. And we ask, Lord, why? We feel it in the marriages, infidelity, abuse, and chaos. And we say, Lord, why? In finances, we lose our jobs. There's bankruptcy. Hallelujah. There's financial confusion. We see it in our health. Cancer attacks family members. Alzheimer's is on the rise. Sifting, sifting, sifting. My question, how do you feel when the upsets and these assaults from the enemy furiously shake your faith? And they bend you and he pounces, hallelujah. And many occasions our faith dwindles and we say, Lord, why? And then we start believing, well, I guess my children are destined to failure. I suppose the marriage will end in divorce. I suppose the finances will be ruined forever. And yes, the diagnosis I will die. In many of the lives of the young ladies that I serve, with violence, they have been assaulted and they have been hurt. I service young ladies from the age of 13 through the ages of 21. With fury and hatred, they have been bent, they've been neglected. With anger, they've been mistreated and their suffering seems to last a long, long time. A Bible commentator stated, the enemy wants to sift us as wheat, not to separate the shaft from the wheat, but to make them look like all shaft by covering the wheat of grace with the shaft of sin and corruption, hence bringing a spirit of condemnation. A woman that has endured an abortion tends to regret it years later and then convicts herself, condemns herself. And in bitterness, becomes depressed. Depression then leads to other things because the enemy implements hopelessness. And if there's no hope, then there's no hope of glory. And if Jesus is not there, then who's there? But I'm here to tell you today, I don't know your circumstance and I don't know if this is you, but if you've endured anything in your past, the God that I serve through his son Jesus remediated that and at Calvary's cross you are forgiven. So there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And that is why the gospel of truth and royal home ministries has to get out into the churches to stop it before it occurs. You know, as Christians, we think that we won't face the violence of the enemy or the furiousness of the enemy or the assaults of the enemy. See, we won't be sifted because we're in church and we're covered. No, ma'am. No, sir. The enemy wastes no time. I can tell you by personal experience, a sifting that occurred in my life, and I come to you today and I say, thank you, Jesus, for that. You see, because if we don't go through trials and tribulations, we won't have a story What story can you convey to the sinner if the Lord hasn't brought you over to the other side? And that's why the Lord, he knew what was going to happen to Peter. He just had to remind Peter, you're going to go through things, but don't worry. On the other side, you'll be a powerhouse for me. Hallelujah. And you too will be a powerhouse for the Lord. You see, my husband retired after 21 years serving in the United States Army. Oh, the best of the best he is. But during his service in the United States Army, he was injured in Afghanistan. His helicopter took on small arms fire. As a result, he has a traumatic brain injury, and his spine was hurt at L4 and 5. He had to have back surgery, and the recovery period was very long. 
But coupled with the traumatic brain injury and the medical piece of his back, Chuck also suffered through post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. You want to talk about the roaring lion? You want to talk about the sifting? For over six years in my home, I heard the sifting of wheat. I heard as if the the enemy was attacking. And you know what's ironic about the enemy? And I bind him in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. He roars like. The Bible says like a roaring lion. Because we know who's the lion of Judea. We know who's the real lion. His name is Jesus. But you mimic and you copycat. And you know, ladies, that there's nothing like the real thing. You can have a a fake bag, right? You can have a fake bag. You can go and you can go shopping and you have a fake Michael Kors and a fake this and you can fake it all you want. But some people know the real thing. And the real thing is Jesus. Hallelujah. But we heard the sifting and we heard the roaring of the lion. Hallelujah. And there was almost hopelessness. To the verge where he tends to take you to believe that there is no hope. But I'm here to tell you this morning that yes, there were many tears that were cried. That yes, there were many prayers that were thought of forgotten. And I was thinking, Lord, what happened? I'm praying and I'm asking and I'm pleading and you're not answering. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been where you cry and you cry and you ask and you pray and yet your miracle doesn't come? So it seems. And that's what I love about the Psalms. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for the night, but what comes in the morning, church? Joy comes in the morning. And today, eight years later, I can tell you that there's joy. Are there times that we suffer? Hallelujah. Are there times that we go through things? Yes. But the God of Abraham has been faithful. And 21 years later, he has retired from the United States Army. And we're going into the second journey of our life with Christ as the head of our home. So if you don't have a story, what are you going to convey? The second part of that verse is my favorite. In verse 32, Jesus says this to Peter. This and this is going to happen to you. He wants to sift you like wheat. You're going to be shaken. Hallelujah. Your faith is going to seem to be dislodged. You're going to bend. You're going to cry. Oh, yes, church. Oh, you will cry. In this journey, you will cry. But hold on, he said. Hold on. And why does he say hold on? Well, this is the interesting part. Verse 32, look at your Bible. But Peter... I could just imagine how he said it. He's so soft and so gentle. But Peter, relax. Don't stress. Yes, it's going to hurt a little bit. But Peter, I have prayed for you. Another version says, but Peter, I have pleaded for you. But Peter, I have begged my father for you. And then I had to look at the word pray in Spanish. The verb is rogaje from the Latin, rogal. And do you know what that verb means, church? The definition of that verb, to pray with arms, get ready because this is where you're going to shout, like a good Pentecostal. To pray with arms extended. Hear Jesus in chapter 22 is telling Peter, hold on Peter, because in chapter 23, not only Peter, am I going to show you what I'm going to do for you. 
In chapter 22, he says, Peter, but I have prayed. And it means to pray with arms extended like this. But Peter, tomorrow, in verse 23, in chapter 23, Peter, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. Because Peter, I'm going to extend my hands like this. And Peter, on Calvary's cross, on Calvary's cross, it's going to become real to you. And you're not going to understand. And yes, you're going to deny me. But I'm going to show you, Peter. See, Jesus knew what Peter was going to do. But it didn't take away from what Jesus was going to do. Because there's a difference in the enemy praying and in Jesus praying. And the difference is the A and the E. Because Jesus prays P-R-A-Y. The enemy, well, he continuously prays on his victims. P-R-E-Y. And in the alphabet, what comes first? The A or the E? Hallelujah! What comes first? To be like a lion or to be the lion of Judea? There's a difference. Don't let it confuse you. But he will mask everything to seem as if it is alike. But it is not. Because there's nothing like the real thing. Hallelujah! So church, this morning, hallelujah. First, Peter was prayed upon. But then Peter was prayed for. I'm pretty sure you've been prayed upon. At least I have. The enemy did attempt to sift me like wheat. But oh, how he prayed for me. Oh, how Jesus prayed for me. He prayed for me down the Via Dolorosa all the way to the cross. And then he showed me. Because see, there's a difference between you just praying for me. Sister, I'm going to pray with you and I'm going to pray for you. And then what? And we can say, oh, well, prayer, prayer, prayer. Prayer is great. It changes. But Jesus not only prayed, he acted and he did. So I ask you this morning, you pray for the young ladies across this country and across this world that have to make a choice. Do I choose life or do I sift it? I pray that you pray for them. And then I pray that as Jesus, you enact your prayer. Royal Home Ministries has been in existence for 23 years. And in the process of 23 years, we've saved almost 500 babies. Almost 500 babies. We've had over 100 adoptions to the glory of the Father. Because they've chosen life. Because they've chosen life. And then Jesus says, oh, and by the way, Peter, once I've prayed for you, once the enemy has attempted, not succeeded, Attempted, there's a difference, not succeeded, to sift you as wheat, and then I will pray, and then you're settled, then you're going to go back, and then you're going to strengthen your brethren, you're going to tell them, so I'm here this morning to strengthen the brethren, hallelujah, because I was attempted to be sifted, but I was prayed for, and now my job, my job is to strengthen the brethren, to strengthen you, to strengthen I, to serve the master with all that we have, and hold on, the message this morning, hold on, remember that there is nothing like the real thing. And the real thing is Jesus. 
the real thing is Jesus. His name is Jesus. So if you believe it, I want you to stand to your feet. And we are going to praise his name. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. And if this morning, and this will be very quick. Hallelujah. If this morning the enemy has attempted to sift you, to sift you, you're going to stand up and you're going to claim the blood of Jesus. And you're going to say, Father, you have prayed. You have prayed. You have prayed. You see, you don't need anyone to lay hands on you. We're so used to that. And that's good because scripture says we should pray for one another. But you know, there are times when there's no one around. At least that's been the case for me. So what happens if no one is there that I can't be prayed for? Be encouraged this morning, church. If no one is there, someone already prayed. Someone is interceding to the Father on a daily basis. His name is Jesus. And he sent the Holy Spirit to pray with and for you. So this morning, as you, as you play and as we pray, if the sifting, if you're feeling it, if at home you're feeling that, you don't understand what's going on in the marriage. I don't have to. He does. You don't understand the diagnosis is done. That's fine. He's my healer. And you know, church, I've come to the realization that some people, when they pray for a healing and don't get it, they say, well, he wasn't healed and he passed away. I want to correct you. Jesus, he is the healer on this side of eternity and on the other side of eternity. So whether he heals you on this side of eternity or he heals you on the other side of eternity, it does not take away. He heals. So I want you to come quickly. Whatever challenges you're facing this morning, we're going to pray together. And we're going to trust the God that heals. We're going to trust the God that restores. And yes, you may feel as if you're being sifted. Do not let that stop you. Do not allow the praying of the enemy to take from the praying of the master. Don't allow it, church. Don't allow it. He is a liar, the enemy is. But Jesus is truth. And pastor, as you come, if you want to be prayed with and prayed for, it would be my ultimate honor. In Jesus' name. Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. Father, we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener, draw them to you, and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life. And if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shera Road in Tallahassee, Florida. A multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 10.30, Wednesday evening at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.